Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Melillo, an assistant editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. In an effort to improve care quality and lower spending for high-cost, high-need Medicaid beneficiaries, researchers conducted a randomized quality improvement trial at Caremore Health in Memphis, Tennessee. Between March 1, 2017 and February 28, 2018, patients were randomized in a 1 to 2 ratio to either complex care management or usual care. Complex care management involved a support team of a community health worker, a social worker, and a primary care physician, all providing guidance to improve overall patient care. Primary outcomes of the study were total medical expenditures and inpatient bed days. To learn more, we speak with Dr. Farad Madari, Associate Regional Medical Officer at Caremore Health and the lead author of the study, Impact of Complex Care Management on Spending and Utilization for High-Need, High-Cost Medicaid Patients. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me today. To begin, what was the objective of the study and what led you to investigate it? So Caremore has a long-standing history, over 25 years, of caring for Medicare Advantage patients. Um, In Memphis, Tennessee, now going on roughly six years ago, this was our first entry in caring for Medicaid patients. So we really needed to rethink some of our traditional approaches to caring for patients that had high levels of medical, social, and mental health complexity. So we studied uh, what other organizations um, that have been showing promising findings with patients with similar populations did, and we realized that we need to really explore the notion of maybe incorporating some of these principles into our model of care. And one of the key ones was incorporating a, a non-traditional health worker, like a community health worker, into, into our team. So we piloted a complex case management intervention, really with the, the CHW, the community health worker, at the core of it. And so with our team's kind of prior collective experience and really uh, did a deep dive into the literature, we designed this intervention to evaluate if we could decrease um, acute care utilization, so things like emergency room visits and hospitalizations, and can we increase uh, levels of patient engagement with our community health worker-based intervention. Uh, so this is really what we wanted to evaluate um, when, we, when we sat down and we thought about how can we really put this to the test? We wanted to make sure um, we wanted to disentangle the effects of the program from kind of unrelated changes in, in utilizations, so including regression to the mean. So we, we evaluated its impact through a, a randomized control trial. What were the main findings, and were there any that you didn't expect? We found that uh, through in our uh, 12-month kind of perspective uh, follow-through on the on the program, um, we had a roughly $7,700 reduction in total medical spending per patient per year. So that compared to the control was about 37%. And then this was, we felt, um, driven primarily by decrease in hospital utilizations. Patients were less likely to be admitted to the hospital. There was a 50% decrease there. And when they were admitted, the actual hospital stays were shorter. It was about 62% uh, shorter compared to the control. We also saw a small decline in specialist visits, possibly due to more active management of chronic illness by the primary care physician. 
And then patients were really highly satisfied with the program. We had a net promoter score, which we measured uh, three months after enrollment in the program, and we had a, a perfect um, 100 on the, on the net promoter score. In your view, what components of this care management model were most responsible for the positive outcomes? And it's hard to know exactly uh, what components of the model led to the positive outcomes. Think about it kind of in the, the big buckets. There were four key things that, that led to, to success. Number one, we targeted the right patients. So we used um, predictive models, claims data, clinical criteria, um, and clinical judgment to identify rising risk populations that often the historical claims data don't necessarily allude to. And those most likely to benefit from a complex care case management um, intervention, um, rather than just focusing on just historical super, super utilizers. And so that was one key thing. Staff uh, referral um, on those rising risks, we, we, we think, was, was kind of unique here. The second big bucket, we incorporated these non-traditional healthcare workers. We uh, talked about earlier, the community health worker. Uh, so yeah, our experience really underscored the important role that community-based, non-medical, um, non-medically trained team members play and just engaging patients, building trust, um, really having a better understanding of what the, the resources in the community are and um, better understanding of how to manage some of these you know, non-medical drivers of, of often poor outcomes. And so really our community health worker served as an engagement specialist. You know, they created a very safe and welcoming environment for patients, often um, acting like a worried, engaged family member that many of our patients often lacked in their lives. So that was the, the second big bucket. Uh, the third big bucket we looked at was, or we think led to our success was, you know, this was an integrated um, intervention with the clinical team. So, you know, Fairmore's complex case management program was, was built into an existing medical home model. So this removed barriers for um, having to collaborate or coordinate be between, um, you know, separate doctor's offices or, or different physicians. The, the physician was actually a core part of the team, which was made up of a social worker, a community health worker, and primary care physician. So it, it allowed us to simultaneously address, you know, both medical and non-medical drivers of poor outcomes rather than approaching each kind of in a silo fashion. Um, and then the last big bucket, let's say, it was uh, a focus on the most impactable drivers of poor outcomes. We really tailored our, our complex case management care plans to the individual patients rather than using kind of a one-size-fits-all uh, approach. So for each patient, we really tried to not only identify um, what the, the unique drivers of poor health were, but also prioritize them based off of the patient's uh, needs and desires. And we really made the patient uh, a core part of the individualized care plan. It wasn't just some abstract document. They were, they were part of uh, the process uh, throughout the whole way. So we, we found that this was uh, an essential kind of shared document between the care team and the patient that we would be able to work off of together to make progress towards goals. How is this intervention similar to and different from the Camden Coalition hotspotting intervention discussed in a recent New England Journal of Medicine study? And what could explain the differences in the findings? You know, I think some of the key similarities, um, you know, there was definitely uh, some extra help and resources that were allocated for, for complex patients. And there was a, a, a purposeful intentionality around identifying and addressing 
uh, social drivers of health. So you know, obviously those are the, the key similarities. The key differences is I think our approach on how we targeted patients, um, how we leveraged maybe our community health worker um, into into the care model, the, the integration with the actual clinical team, both uh, from our primary care and behavioral health. Um, and then re- really the way we kind of prioritize our social drivers, I think maybe we're all uh, probably key differences in the intervention, um, but certainly um, a lot of, of what we did as well is also inspired by what the Canada Coalition um, had, had published uh, previously and um, and some of the work that they had been doing. So there was some overlap in, in our approach, but I think those are kind of the key differences from what we could see. Do you have advice for other organizations looking to adapt the intervention from the study and put it into practice? I think it's important to to first, you know, really think through like the notion of, of just how an organization gets pay- paid. So payment structures really matter. So like meaning if you're an organization that's predominantly fee for service, um, you're going to have, you know, certain potential barriers versus if you're more value-based at risk, like we are at Caremore. But regardless, I think all organizations care for these kinds of patients that we serve in our study. And and many would really want to do um, this kind of intervention because it's ultimately the right thing for the patients. So I think it really starts with an understanding of your own population level data and identifying um, who your complex patients are. It also benefits just talking to your staff and inquiring about those challenging uh, cases like we did in our study because often, you know, um, just that clinical judgment and clinical result could really help identify potentially patients that are rising risk. I think the next big thing, it's it's important uh, to have commitment, some upfront investment in this kind of intervention because a return on investment doesn't always appear in the next quarter. So patience is really important. And, you know, behavioral change and just how healthcare providers and, and patients act, you know, takes time. Building that relationship, I think it all takes time. Um, and then the big thing that I think it's so important not to lose track of is that, you know, this is a really kind of high-touch model. And so humility and humanism really matters immensely here. So how we engage patients who have traditionally been marginalized by health systems in the past, who live in, who live challenging lives, often ex- in extreme poverty, really matters. So it's vital to kind of meet patients where they are at, both physically and mentally, and the entire team needs to kind of work to earn their trust. And this is something that I feel like often we take for granted in our day-to-day kind of professional lives. What policy level changes are needed to enable this type of program to be implemented across a wider population? These types of of models really require committing additional resources with the hope and expectation that these investments will ultimately pay for themselves with downstream savings. So like this and other studies um, point to positive return on investment, but the investment is pretty significant. So we don't want to kind of uh, understate that. So to support these investments, really payers should continue to move to models that allow delivery organizations to share and uh, any savings generated from these investments. So models that provide organizations with, with capital and resources up front could spur further adoption. Um, as, as with all kind of alternative payment models, um, accurate and fair risk adjustment is essential. So even more so when you're caring for you know, really complex patients. I think those are kind of the, the big, big uh, items that would 
I would say, from a policy level. What are some directions for further research on the impact of complex care management? I think we're just scratching the surface. Um, you know, as I, as I kind of discussed earlier, you know, we, we don't know exactly what elements were most impactful here, and we have, we have a hypothesis, but further research should really focus on identifying which program elements. Is it maybe just the community health workers? Is it our individualized care planning approach? Is it how we do kind of our, our comprehensive assessments that matter um, for improving outcomes and, and reducing the cost? Um, it may very well be that all of these components are needed to work together. Um, but there's also a need for just larger studies uh, to be done in different populations to, so we can see if these types of, of models are more generalizable. So um, by no means do we think, you know, our, our uh, one study is the, the end-all be-all, like this is, this is a starting point. I think the Camden study is also very helpful to, to see, you know, that they had no effect and there's been other uh, impact program at the University of Pennsylvania just recently published uh, a study and they had a, a pretty good return on investment for their community health worker intervention. So I think it's really time for the field of complex care to really start to create more and more evidence and data so we can get a better collect collective understanding on how we can move these models forward in an evidence-based way. Great. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.